Hello, FPL managers. We're back. Welcome to the third episode of the FPL Optimize podcast. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I'm Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sertov, the data scientist. Data or grass? Or data and grass? That's the question. So thanks for tuning in again. We're really happy with all the messages and tokens of appreciation we received. Uh, the season is over now. Game week 38 is behind us, but we still wanted to record one more episode before everyone is taking a break. In this episode, we'll cover a quick review of our Game Week 38 teams and what worked, what didn't work. A bit of a deep dive into XG, because the term is used a lot in all kinds of FPL content. But we were wondering if we all know what it actually is and how it works. So today we'll uh, dive a bit deeper into that. We'll also look at some lessons which uh, we learned from this season and what we'll do differently for next season. And we'll go to a few of the Twitter questions. So Sertop, let's start with a quick review of Game Week 38. How did it go for you? Sure. Game week 38, it was a normal game week without much drama. And the interesting bit is this one. We have an analytics mini league that almost all the managers are using analytics of some sort. And I was in the fifth mm-hmm. position in that mini league. And two points over me was Sigurd, an amazing person and player, by the way. He passed me last game week after trailing me for more than 10 game weeks, I think. And right. I was quite upset about it. I have used my simulated scenario. So I simulated game week over and over that will maximize my chance of winning against him. So I was just trying to catch him for the last game. Uh-huh. That was my only okay. purpose. Yeah. So I did a move that drops my average performance expectation, which is strange because I don't usually do. But it maximized my probability of passing him from ah. 26% to 46%, if I remember the values correctly. And I got Madison and Robertson for a hit. And the good news is I managed to pass him with that ah. Robertson goal at the end. So it was All really right. amazing. Yeah. And, well, besides that, I got a tiny red arrow and finished at 3,481. Okay, and still I decent. Yeah, it is. And I won a few mini leagues, uh, like SAS mini league and uh, mm. bots versus bots. But more than FPL, I think I was excited as a Liverpool fan because our chances of getting the title, especially during halftime, I was excited. But City managed to win somehow. Mm. It was a really exciting last game week of the season. But how did yours go? Yeah, well, first of all, indeed, it was really exciting to just sit on the couch and watch how the games ended. It was really, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a great end to the season. Uh, for me, good and bad points. But overall, I cannot be happy because I used a free hit and I didn't gain rank with a score of 68 points. So I used my bench boost and my free hit during the end of the season and I didn't gain rank. So yeah. that's something I need to analyze. I need to do better with my chips next year. Yeah, um, Yeah, I was a bit unlucky, I think, because like what you said, Robertson scored a goal at the end and I think he was quite highly owned. The same for Salah, he was on the bench, but then came on and scored points. So mm-hmm. this is, I think, where I could have gained versus uh, people who had them in the team because I didn't. 
but then uh, yeah you know they they scored some goals so then uh, it was not so good for me and also what didn't help is that I I picked KDB as captain over the Spurs player because mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was thinking City. They had a really good record with the final game of the season, mm-hmm. so I think they would do that again. Uh, they did score three goals, but yeah, you know, won. KDB only got an assist. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, you know, you well. gamble. Sometimes you win, sometimes <laughs> you lose. True, true. <laughs> but on the on the good side, I had Matip who did well again. So I think he did really amazing the last uh, the last game weeks. Madison as well, of course, who was in really good form. Many people had him. And yeah, I had Son and Kane, but I think almost everyone else had them too. Uh, the bad ones were Laporte, Foden, Luis Diaz, Tony. I think, you know, made a lot of sense to pick them, but they didn't really uh, score any points. So yeah, mm-hmm. unlucky with that. Ending the season at 340k. That's not good enough. Also not winning any of my mini leagues. I almost won a cup, though, but this was interesting. We ended even in the final. Both uh, Will, my my friend, (laughs) and me, we had 68 points in the final, and Will won it with less goals conceded. (laughs) Yes, so congrats, Will, in case you're listening. Well done. Uh, But yeah, I'll be back stronger next year, and uh, I will show you that the eye test can compete with you, data maniac. Oh, wow. Well... (laughs) We're sure. always, always down for a spreadsheet versus grass challenge. Well, yeah, that's... Man, get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but I was wondering because you was you were saying that you focused on catching uh, Sigurd, but mm-hmm. of course you don't know what kind of moves he was making, right? Oh, so I actually kind of knew what he was going for. Uh, oh, first okay. of all, I kind of optimized his team and saw that he will do he will get mount. That was his best option. But I also uh-huh. asked him like if he's going to do it, and he said yes, unless we hear oh, something different. So I knew was what he was. <laughs> you see, like it's not a good idea to tell other people what you will do. It worked yeah. for me. But regarding the challenge, yeah. well, that's how I started in the first place, as you can recall clearly. I think you thought I cannot compete with you using analytics in FPL and. I pass you in two out of two seasons now. Well, you uh, you need to catch me. And yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to I had to mention. And That's regarding okay. free hit, using it at the last game week, I think we will probably cover this later. But free hit, free hit in my opinion, is better to be used in a blank or double game week. And yeah. maybe we can even do some experiments later on this and to show why it is better. I mean, last using it last game week is also a strategy, but I think you get the most out of it if you use it for a blank or double so that you can yeah. actually yeah, have your team set up that way. No, I agree. And that's what I also normally do. Just this season, it just worked out like this, that... Uh, <laughs> My team was okay for the other weeks, and I think I would use it now. But you're right, yeah. it's a lesson for next year. But all right, that wraps up the season. And I see on Twitter that a lot of managers are quite looking forward to taking a break. It was a long season, and it was quite a difficult season. Uh, yeah, for us, Sir Tom and me, we started quite late with our podcast. It's only the third episode, so we still have a bit of energy to keep going. <laughs> we do. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly we won't uh, keep uh, the weekly frequency during summer. Well. Maybe we can, but yeah, a break will oh, be good see. too. 
<laughs> yeah. But you're right. I mean, there are plenty of topics to dive into, so we can we can keep going, uh, especially as we have some more time now to focus on general topics. You know, not really game week related. Mm-hmm. And for today, we uh, we wanted to talk a bit about XG because it's one of the most used terms when it comes to analytics in FPL. Um, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's true. It's also one of the most controversial uh, thing in football lately. And okay. well, in, in FPL, some confusion is coming from the fact that we use expected for predicting future returns. Like we use expected points. But mm-hmm. expected goals is a little bit different. It is very different, actually. Uh, it's a measurement of chance quality at player and team level. And data companies uh, evaluate thousands of shots and decide which locations are better to take a shot from, which angle, mm-hmm. which body parts. Like You can add more details. Or like how does it change if you have a defender or a goalkeeper in front of you? And yeah, you can add many details. And then they measure xg expected goals okay and i think there's also a difference like between the xg before and after a game right i mean there can be like a forecasted xg and also an actual xg so when we use xg like if you see on twitter in a twitter discussion xg Mm -hmm. like 99 percent of the time it's used in the meaning of it is after the game so after the event has happened, we measure okay. what was the quality of it. Mm-hmm. And so in FPL, some people are also trying to predict XG, future XG. Yeah. Like for example, you are trying to predict, you know, how many shots Salah will take and what's the quality of those those shots will be. But the mm-hmm. reason why we are trying to predict XG is because it's a better predicted predictor of future goals and future XG than goals themselves. Like if you only use how many goals a player has scored. Mm -hmm. And so you might be missing some information. For example, let's talk about Kane. Kane took a lot of shots, but he couldn't get a goal. But still, like if you are watching the game, probably your eye test will tell me that Kane is putting himself in good positions. He's getting lots of shots. He's just simply being unlucky. That means he's collecting lots of XG and there's a chance he will get a goal in the next game. But if you yeah. want to check goals, you will see 0, 0, 0 and you will say, right. yeah, this guy will never score again. That's why XG as an underlying matrix is useful. But yeah, so when they try to predict XG, that's something else. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's also when people say that, you know, the stats might not be so good, but the underlying numbers are. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what you mean. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And how is uh, how is it calculated then the XG? I mean, is is it like a standard formula? And and who is calculating it actually? It is calculated by analyzing past shots and goals. Mm-hmm. And the common approach is to use a machine learning model, usually more than one, to cover different cases like open play and set pieces. They are different, fundamentally different. There is no standard way of calculating it. You just simply collect data and your data quality is obviously very important. Mm. Data companies have people who are marking location of the shot, you know, what was the height of the ball at the time of impact and was there a defender in front of the player or 
especially if you have access, like what's the precise location of the goalkeeper defender, these kind of stuff. And then you put all those into a machine learning model and then you have the model itself. Mm. Then if you give the model a shot where it is taken, all the details, the model will tell you what's the probability of that shot ending up being a goal and that's what we call xg like if it is 67 per like 0.67 it Mm -hmm. roughly means that if you take it 100 times in average 67 of them will be a goal but that's Mm -hmm. kind of an average and well data companies are calculating xg they all have different xg models and sometimes they differ a lot sometimes they are close to each other but they generate it and they sell it to professionals right okay yeah and and the other thing i sometimes wonder is also how to interpret the data because Hmm. uh, you know you can also be over or underperforming your xg and i think what i see also on twitter or in different conversations is that it depends a bit on on how you interpret it for example if you overperform you could say well you know he has been lucky uh, don't jump on the bandwagon because you know his real XG was lower. Or you could also say, and I think many people say that with Son, like you know he's such a great finisher, he always outperforms his XG. So uh, yeah, how to how to interpret it? Yeah, well, this is also a little bit controversial. I think this was a case for Bernardo Silva, if I recall correctly, during this season. Well, some players collect low XG scores, but they score more more goals than that so a low Mm. xg means that the chances he got wasn't that good particularly maybe he took a shot from a long distance and for an average player if he repeated the the same shot the actual number of goals in average will be less yeah so i'm talking about the average here not the extremes because i mean you can take five shots from a long distance and you can actually score all of it and then you will end up with five goals but if you invest in a player just because he got goals you might be disappointed by lack of goals later because underlyings usually matter a lot and players tend to like converge to the mean eventually and Mm. but finishing is a little bit more controversial it is hard to measure in my opinion there are you're right there are players who are always outperforming their expected goals, XG. And, well, there are some attempts to model the finishing ability. But specifically, when we are talking about XG, most companies, they don't include finishing ability of the player because what Mm. we are trying to measure here is the chance quality rather than the player's own ability. So the purpose of the XG Uh is trying to find the average performance at the team level or at player level but not specifically for that player and the problem is we don't have enough data points for every single player to build a different model for them so we put all those shots together whether they end up with a goal or not for from every player and we generate the model that way so yes there are some players who are good at scoring goals their finishing ability is better than all the other players that's uh, that's known but measuring it is a little bit challenging i think okay all right yeah and i was wondering but i think you already answered it but 
if somebody is always under or overperforming, I was wondering if the model would adjust itself, you know, maybe with some machine learning or AI components being involved, but probably it doesn't, if I understood you correctly. Yeah, as far as I know, it's not common, you're right. I yeah. mean, including a player's ability, finishing ability to XG is difficult, but for FBI purposes, purposes, I should mention that probably you need a different kind of model there like you know in order to predict future goals and i remember fbi review mentioning that they have their own xg model and i think they are trying to attempt to model the predicted goals predicted goal rate a little bit better than what raw xg gives but yeah, so mm. we are using machine learning models and how much detail you add to the model will actually determine how good you can predict future goals. And since in FBL we are we are more interested in players' own ability, not at the team level, because team level doesn't matter for us. So I think people mm. who, are mod who are doing predictive modeling in FBL, I think they are trying to add finishing ability. Or at least okay. I would if I was doing it. Yeah. All right, interesting. Something to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. uh, well, great. I understand XG a lot better now. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. I hope uh, the listeners found it useful as well. I hope there are many with similar questions that I wasn't the only one. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, let's see. All right, that was the XG part. Now let's move on to the next topic for today. And in this part, we wanted to share some of our lessons learned for the season. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we will not go into too much detail, just high level, a few lessons, you know, the season just ended. Mm -hmm. So let's see what's uh, fresh on our minds. Uh, and I can start if, if you want, Sir Sure, sure, go ahead. Okay, well, for me, one lesson is that I, I missed out on some of the big guns. For example, believe it or not, I didn't have uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold this year. Um, like the entire I remember season? When I, Sorry? <laughs> entire season you didn't have? Yeah, the entire season. Yeah. Oh, no, really? Good. So I did quite well, right, without him. Wow, yeah. <laughs> so I remember that I didn't start with him because I, I was thinking, you know, to be smart and use the budget elsewhere. And after that, he only got more expensive and I was too stubborn to get him in. Uh, but for next season, you know, he's such a key player. And as many people say, I think we need to look at him as, as a midfielder more. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the price is very reasonable. So I think that's, you know, it's, it's an essential player to have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I will keep being careful with new names in the game. I remember that at the start of the season, everybody jumped on Tony. I didn't <laughs> because I, I knew from previous seasons that it's, you know, it's quite difficult to predict how new players will perform. Mm -hmm. So I think in this case, it was a, a good bet, even though Tony did well overall during the season. But I think, you know, his start wasn't that great. And, uh, yeah, I think it will be again a challenge next year. We have some of the promoted teams coming up. Uh, Mitrovic, who is, of course, a, a famous name already in FPL. Uh, we also have Haaland coming in, who is also a very big name. So, yeah, let's see. It will be difficult to, to stay away from some of the new names. Mm -hmm. But I think in general, it's it's good to invest in more of the, you know, the more known Probably. players in yeah. FPL. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that if somebody is on a streak, try to bring him in. But yeah, again, sounds easy, but it's more difficult to do. But for me this year, I didn't have Antonio at the start of the season. 
and that cost me quite some points as well. But again, you know, it's quite difficult to know <laughs> if somebody is on a streak and, and when it will end. Because you always think like, you know, I won't buy him because he cannot continue with this form. But mm-hmm. then he scores a goal again. Uh, so, yeah, that's something also to to try to be better in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I'm thinking that I might use my bench boost earlier just to get it, you know, out of the way. Um, it will help to invest more funds into to, to my starting eleven. But on the other hand, I think bench boost is also really good to use uh, after your wild card. So yeah, yeah still need true. to think a bit so, about how I want to optimize that strategy. Yeah, by early, do you mean like in the first game week, maybe? Uh, not sure yet about that. <laughs> okay, I still have a few weeks to think about it. <laughs> true, <laughs> could be one strategy. Let's see. Yeah. Uh, what what were for you some of the main lessons, sir? Top. I mean, you had a really good season, so maybe there were not too many lessons. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, I think it's hard to find lessons in FPL because, like, I'm trying to be very careful about not learning the wrong lesson because, like, it could be noise, and if you pick up noise, and it might affect your decision making later uh, in mm. worse ways. So, and it's only one season of data. Well, this this was my second season. So I'm just trying to be careful about the lessons learned. But um, here we are. So when checking predicted points, I think it's important to understand where the predicted points are coming from. Yeah. Uh, Again, FBI review provides separate goal, assist, clean sheet, and bonus point rates, and also expected minutes information or projected minutes information. So Mm -hmm. I think clean sheets and goals are probably the most reliable ones out of the bunch because, well, you can actually, you are modeling clean sheets at the team level. What's the probability of this team conceding a goal? And goals are also more predictable than assists and bonus points are almost too random. So I will spend some time this summer to verify this. So I think clean sheets and goal rates are most important ones. And okay. it, so this might be a key key piece of information. Yeah. And the second is expect minutes are very important. Probably the biggest edge there is among analytics players because if you know which players will get minutes, especially now with the new substitution rules, we will have more. So, well, editing minutes so that it will change the optimal solution that is a little bit critical for players like me who are playing with the data. And well, if someone mm. is on a strike, check his underlyings first <laughs> and see if model is predicting his goal rate lower instead of the actual point. So because data, in my opinion, data has an advantage over eye test in such cases. And But my biggest lesson of the season is the impact of weekly transfers is not really as big as I originally thought. Okay. Game week one and wildcard squad picks have a really big impact on how your season will go because you also mm-hmm. mentioned about Alexander Arnold. So yeah. it kind of proves it to a degree. But it's really important to time your wildcard right and spend some time to pick those 15 players that you will bring into your team for the long term because it's okay. not really easy yeah. to get rid of them later because there will be injuries, yeah. you know, fixture changes. And for my last wildcard, I used something I call Simon Optimal because mm-hmm. this was an idea suggested by Simon on Twitter. 
and he mentioned about penalizing each planned future transfers with minus four instead of relying on free transfers. So okay. sometimes data, especially during double game weeks, you need to take a hit to get those expected value. So yeah. I think I will use something similar for my game one, game week one squad next season. So I will try okay. to minimize how many transfers I'm planning in advance. Ah, all right. Okay. Interesting. Uh, we'll be interested to hear more about that later. But yeah. Uh, yeah, as I said, I mean, with such a good season, I would say, you know, keep doing the same. <laughs> <laughs> no need to change too much. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Do you already have some ambitions for next year? Are you planning to win it? Well, I would like to win it. But <laughs> yeah, my my priority is to get another like 50k finish probably i mean i was lucky enough to be in 10k so i don't want to really put myself a very difficult target and then you know get upset by not meeting it yeah. i will say 50k is a good target oh, for next okay. season all right okay setting the bar low that's good <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean for you for me i would be really happy with that all right good to know Okay then, last topic for today is to look at some of the questions we received on Twitter. There was one that stood out from Just Mac, who asked you what the, val the validity would be if you took values from two or three different models and took the average of it. What do you make of that sort of? Yeah, I thought about this before. So this is a topic we should probably spend more time uh, in a future episode. Uh, and probably we should invite someone with more machine learning background to discuss it in deeper. But here is the gist yeah. of it. Like I will try to explain as much as I know. Okay. So again, I'm not a machine learning expert, but usually combining models uh, is called ensemble models are being performed to produce a better model. And well, it also de depends on how you define better, uh, but ensemble models are very common. It's They are heavily used in the industry and there are three different ensemble methods called bagging, boosting, and stacking. And all of them have different purposes. Uh, you can search about it and learn more. And if you are trying to build a model, using an ensemble method is a really good idea because you will be controlling what to do with your own data. So you can take a big chunk of data, partition it, feed it into mm -hmm. different models. And then if you take the average or weighted average that way, it will be a good model. But just Mac is probably asking it in the FPL context, meaning that there are different prediction data available. What if I get all of those and take the average? Well, right. uh, the quality depends on what input they are feeding to their model and how accurate they are the end if each source has a different bias if you average them it will give you a better model because you will be minimizing bias from different angles but if they are feeding the same information if they have same bias for example if they are giving too much weight to recent performance which mm -hmm. is not always very useful in terms of predicting next game week uh, points for, for example then you are actually increasing the bias in the, the average model, right? So okay, yeah. it is it is very difficult to use them in a way. So you can try to see where, you know, if they are correlated or if the biases are correlated and try to stack them in a meaningful way. 
And at the very least, I, what I will suggest is to use one model that you trust the most and use the remaining ones to detect outliers and investigate the re reason for it. For example, if a model is yeah. giving you nine points prediction for a player, while the other three models are giving on five points, then it's worth checking and it probably means that their predicted minutes for that player is quite different. For example, for city midfielders is a common problem. So if you know which players will play, their predicted points are much different than other models or could be. Yeah, so it's worth checking the actual outcome and see how it is correlated. It's not an yeah. easy question to answer actually. No, no. Okay. But uh, I think you did a good uh, a good effort answering mm -hmm. it. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> okay, well, moving on to the next question. It's from LaterRiser12, quite famous on Twitter and a great content creator as well. Mm -hmm. Great job, LaterRiser, if you're listening. Uh, his question is, how to best use your website season highlights to learn for next season? Uh, and he's referring to fploptimize.com where you have this feature. Mm -hmm. And... This is a, again, a great question, and I would like to go over this question in a different episode because we are yeah. almost out of time. And yeah. and I also I am still adding a few more features while people are still, you know, around Twitter sharing their scores and season reviews. Uh, so, but the most important thing is to identify where you have won and lost compared to the field average. It means. You took some bets which paid off and you took some bets that didn't pay off and mm. you can try to see if there's a pattern to it. For example, uh, like you might be missing a good player with, as you mentioned, Alexander-Arnold. So you can perhaps track down the reason you might have undervalued a player or a team. For example, in my season highlights, I can clearly see Son and Kane actually killed my season towards the end. So because okay. maybe I was undervaluing them or maybe I didn't have enough budget or flexibility to go for them so yeah it's and I it's a good idea to track the track down the reason and Andy covered his season review this morning in his let's talk FBL YouTube channel so I would also recommend uh, watching it because he covered it really well in my opinion yeah, well, okay. looks like we need another episode next week before I let you go and enjoy the summer bus. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking to take it easy next week, but uh, <laughs> let's see, we, we can be flexible. Okay. All right, but great. I mean, this was this episode and it's up to me again to close it. Mm -hmm. So thanks everyone for listening to our podcast. It's a lot of fun to record these and it's even more fun to see that it's being appreciated. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, we'll see what kind of rhythm we'll keep during summer. We'll probably still record a few episodes to discuss specific topics on data and analytics. And of course, as the new season gets closer, we'll also have a few episodes to pre preview the new season. Any suggestions for topics or any questions for us are more than welcome. You can find Surtalp and myself on Twitter. We're using our own names, as I also mentioned in the previous episodes. It's at SirtalpBilal and at BelfiBB. You can also follow us to know when our next episode will be out. If you do enjoy the podcast, you can also leave a review in your podcast player. We definitely appreciate those. And if you think there's anything we can improve, you know, just let us know with a direct message. We're happy to receive those. All right, then, that's it. End of the season and end of episode three for us. 
enjoy the break and see you next time.